Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Hey everybody, you're listening to another brand new episode of Music Sucks with me, Eddie Aaron Herster, and this week, oh, we got a good episode for you. My guest is Kyle Hanneken. He is the drummer and one half of The Gardener. They are an instrumental, experimental music duo uh, that have a beautiful EP, Differences in Distances, out now. It is so awesome, and boy, oh boy, you are in for a treat. This episode, we talk about a ton of stuff, like how Kyle started out playing music, uh, recording the EP, his music education, and so much more. But before we get to that, if you like what you hear, go ahead and subscribe to the Zemo Podcasting Network. That is where you'll find awesome podcasts such as Who You Got, Time to Adapt, and Monsters at Midnight. To listen to these and to subscribe to the network, be sure to go to the website, zemapodcastingnetwork.com. Again, that is www.zemapodcastingnetwork.com. Also, make sure you tap those like and follow buttons on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to iTunes. And now you can listen to all the podcasts on Spotify. Just search Zima Podcasting Network. So, without further ado, sit back, turn this up to 11, please, and enjoy my chat with Kyle of The Gardener. All right, you're listening to Music Sucks. I am sitting across the table or couch from Kyle Hanneken, one half of The Gardener. How are you doing, sir? Uh, I'm doing great. I'm doing absolutely fantastic. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, dude, thank you for having me in this uh, lovely place that you call home, not that far from campus and whatnot. So before we uh, jump into the interview, I like to do these things called lightning round questions. It'll be this or that type questions, and you can feel free to elaborate if you so choose. Cool. You ready? Yeah. All right, first question. Morning or night? Night. Yeah. Marvel or DC? Oh, man. So indifferent that I actually (laughs) can't answer the question. (laughs) All good. Um, What's the best concert you ever attended? Oh, man. Lightning round. Don't overthink it. No, Um, it's okay. Summer Slaughter Tour 2012. It was BT Bam, Between the Buried and Me headlining. Okay. uh, And I forget, but it was loaded with Sumerian bands. Uh, (laughs) I I know The Faceless played. I'm almost certain Veil played. And I think Periphery played as well. Oh, wow. And it was just one after the other. Okay. Yeah, it was... Trust me, just for even though these are called lightning round questions, we tend to like babble on about them, so it's all good. Okay, cool. Um, Right on. So, PlayStation, Xbox, and Nintendo. Ooh, Xbox overall, but every single aspect of my childhood is screaming Nintendo. Nintendo, okay. Somewhere between there. Gotcha. Uh, If you can be in any other band, what band would it be, and what would you play? Jeez. Oh, my goodness. I know. I should have told you before. I would, tough I would definitely want to drum. No, these questions are great. These okay. Questions Thank are you. Awesome. Thank you. Um, I would definitely want to play the drums in probably the contortionists. Okay. Freaking love those guys. Like, it's no one's business. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, is there a song you wish you wrote? 
that I didn't or a song that was written by someone else that I heard and went, oh my God, that's so genius. How did I not think of that? Wouldn't those both be the same thing then? Or um, I guess any song that you've like listened to is just like, oh my God, I wish I would have written that. Um, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if there's any, if I've had that, that sort of a sentiment towards any songs that I've heard as of recently, but I'll tell okay. you, this does come to mind. Okay. When I was in high school, I was playing, uh, I was in a band called Shielded by Shadows. Okay. Um, and it was around that time that I was like completely obsessed with August Burns Red's okay. uh, Messengers, okay. their second album. Sure. And which, which remains actually, in my opinion, the, the greatest metalcore album ever written. I agree, disagree. All right, <laughs> but at that at that point in my life, as like a as a sophomore in high school, listening to Messengers, I was like, "How do you write music that is this awesome, this heavy, <laughs> and this incredible?" Yeah, um, and it was as inspiring as it was demoralizing to, <laughs> to hear such perfect metalcore. Right, because that's that was the genre that we were we, we were essentially we were essentially, essentially metalcore a- aiming aiming towards. Uh, yeah, so I'll say back in high school. Uh, ABR's messengers. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, some shorter questions now. Driver or passenger? Um, driver. Yeah. Dog or cat? Dog all day. <laughs> Candy or chocolate? Oh, chocolate. Yeah. Okay. Uh, air drums or air guitar? Ooh. Oh, it depends how drunk I am. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's the greatest answer we've had on this question. Um, probably air guitar. Okay. Actually. Sure. I don't play guitar, so my imagination runs that much more free okay. when I air guitar. Nice. Uh, <laughs> tent or cabin? Cabin. Gosh darn it. Okay. Yeah, 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 cabin. It's all right. Um, <laughs> stage or studio? Stage. Uh, favorite TV show? Ooh. I'm going to give you two answers. Sure. Uh, best piece of fictional television? Breaking Bad. Okay. Best piece of non-fictional television, um, the 1979 original Cosmos. Oh, with with um, Carl Sagan. Carl Sagan. Nice. Yes. Excellent. If no, if you're listening to this and you have not watched any of those episodes, do yourself a favor and find them however (laughs) you can. It will change your entire life. (laughs) Yeah. Um, What is the last song you listened to? If you can remember. Yes, actually, it was last night on my drive home. Okay. Uh, the track Sedona by Mestiz, uh, who is the, it's the rhythm guitarist from Animals as Leaders. Okay. His solo project. Sure. Called Mestiz, M-E-S-T-I-S. Um, Sedona. It's the second track on his newest record. I think it's pronounced Ikasia. Okay. Um, it is... Greek for imagination. Ooh, okay. That's what I know. Sure. Sedona. Oh, and it's actually somewhat fitting for for this type of a podcast that that track specifically, Sedona by Mestiz, the last minute or so is one of the the most insane displays of drumming okay. that I've ever heard in my entire life. Uh, it's like <laughs> it's just this vamped. The guitars and bass are just vamping this simple, like, upbeat rhythm. Mm-hmm. And the drums just lose their minds for about a minute until, <laughs> as, until it fades down. I, 
Look it up if you want your mind to be will, turned to this. I'll have to listen back Sedona to this. Sedona by Mestiz. Okay, I'll have to listen back to this and <laughs> listen to yeah. it on my way back to Grafton. Um, I lost my train of thought. Oh, uh, cheeses or goldfish? Ooh. I don't eat animal products anymore, <laughs> um, but when I was, when I did, right. it's Cheez-Its. Cheez-Its? Uh, okay, yeah, sure. Uh, oh, yeah. Favorite social media platform? Uh, Facebook. It's just like, it's all the things that you kind of want in a social media platform. Okay. It's like Instagram, but you can do more things. And it's like Twitter, but you can do more things. Okay. I feel Facebook. Okay, yeah. sure. Uh, favorite food? Oh, goodness. As I literally just say. Yeah, I, I don't eat, eat animal products. I don't yeah. eat animal products. Well, give me a good, um, like, vegan dish that you like. Uh, oh, okay. Easy. Easy. Easy plug. Okay. Um, if y'all ain't eating the Beyond Burger by Beyond Meat, okay, you gotta try it at least once in your life. I keep hearing about um, it. Yeah, it's it's a relatively new product, and it's also a relatively new company called Beyond Meat. Yep. Um, but they, over the course of the last few years, um, I think they they definitely came out with this with this burger like uh, one or two years ago. Okay. At the most. At the, at the most. At the, at the most. Yeah. Um, but it's incredible. I've never had a plant-based burger that tasted so insanely like actual like meat. Like it, yeah. Like, the first few times that I had it, I could not, I like, I, it was hard to believe <laughs> that I wasn't. It was, right. it was awesome. You can get okay. them at, like, Outpost, Whole Foods, Fresh Time. Okay. Um, that's my favorite vegan, probably, or just, just worthy of plugging on a podcast. Yeah, I know. Yeah, food. absolutely. Uh, the Beyond Burger by Beyond Meat. Check it out. Okay. Cool. Um, but, <laughs> as I talk about not eating animal products... Uh, I'm also not a huge huge fan of like the this hard and fast binary system that society has fed us where it's like <laughs> you either eat meat or you don't, or you don't and it's like yeah. pick a party and like oh well that's kind of scary yeah. I'll, I'll eat meat you know mm-hmm. but the truth is you you make three decisions every single day yeah uh, it's just about being mindful and attentive but I will admit uh, every few months I break and I eat sushi sushi's good man because no yeah because sushi tastes divine to my taste buds no absolutely i've been i've been like going back i've been like having a back and forth relationship with being pescatarian and i know with nice. that it's like veget it's basically vegetarian but you can eat like is it yeah sushi's one of like fish yeah. eggs fish, and sushi. cheese yeah so yeah. which is probably where i would fall down i i want to transform back to it at some point but and, and yeah. honestly man it's it's red meat that is the literal devil oh yeah if, I, if I honestly cut, do, I don't eat that much anymore if so. you cut red meat out of your diet you've done uh, somewhere between like 60 to 70 percent of the of the environmental and health like of, the, of all of the variables that uh, are very relevant when pretty it comes much, to yeah. consuming animal products yeah, red meat is just it's so bad for the environment and yeah. also not good for your body Anyways, right. anyway, uh, so this is, this is the music podcast. It's all good. We have a couple more questions, actually. The last okay. couple questions are related to music. Cool. Uh, so CD, vinyl, or MP3? Oh, my God. Time and a place for every single one, but if I'm actively listening to music... Mm, as, as I'm looking at your giant collection right here, my, holy my shit. Collection. Uh, vinyl. It's yeah. a sick setup, too, it, man. It makes... Yeah, It's this, is, this has been years worth of buying and selling and... Seizing the day. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, uh, I got a pair of Klipsch Fortes um, from the guitar. Is actually the guitarist of the Gardener, his older father. Okay. Who was an audiophile and all-around smart, genius man. Uh, yeah, he was selling these, and I was like, 
oh man, uh, like this is a once in a lifetime price, and also in a terrific condition. I was going to say they uh, look gorgeous too. Yeah, yeah, vinyl, vinyl for active listening. All right, for cool. Sure. Uh, speaking of which, what is the first album you remember getting or buying? Uh, oh my gosh, um, there are two of them actually. Okay, they were a gift to me when I was in eighth grade. Way, way before I ever started collecting vinyl. And so I was like, oh, these are cool to stare at, you know? Um, But, and I guess it technically depends which one I opened first, because I got two (laughs) records on that, on that, on my eighth, did I say eighth birthday? No, it was my eighth grade. Eighth grade grade? birthday, however old I was then. Um, It was, I got two records that day. The first was Signals by Rush. Nice! Early 80s Rush. Yo! Which is so good. That's fantastic. That that record is stacked with some great, great tracks. Subdivision still slaps. Don't at me, bro. Yeah, Subdivision slays. Um, It was that and, oh god, maybe I should have reversed the order. Um, But I got Scream, Aim, Fire by Bullet for my Valentine on vinyl. Solid. On vinyl? On vinyl. Whoa! Yeah. That's fucking solid. <laughs> and then finally, I wonder if I still have it. I don't know if I. I've been I've been going through a bit of a vinyl overhaul, kind of re- <laughs> revamping like a bunch of records yeah. that I have. Where I'm like, okay, I'm never actually going to listen to this. Right. I, I worked at the exclusive company in Greenfield for like over four years. Nice. So when things would pass bought, bat, pass through there, you know, pre-owned, it'll be like, oh my gosh, that's cool and cheap. So I'll snag it. Yeah, you know? exactly. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah. Both for my Valentine and Rush. And Rush. What a juxtaposition. Beautiful. And then finally, do you have a favorite new band? Mm. And with this question, I like to go like within last five-ish years. Five-ish years. Yeah. Okay. Um, yes, actually, worthy worthy of bringing to the surface again. Um, I will I will answer with the Contortionist. Um, okay. I've been a fan of them really ever since they put out Exoplanet. Um, like. That they, that came out in 2010, so it was like 2011 when my ear first caught it. I was like, "Whoa, these guys are sick!" Okay, sure. What metal is this? Um, but then they never were like a true love uh, of mine until they put out Language uh, in I think it's 2014. Now, my God, that is quite some time ago. Um, and it actually wasn't really until around 2015, um, around probably like my 20th or. 20th or 30th listen that I began to understand the record, truly get it because it's a, it's a concept record that is goes to the roots of both like humanity as a biological phenomenon of the of the universe, but also the the artistic process in and of itself right. which is like starting with a single idea and trusting your intuition to let it grow okay um so if if you're gonna give me the spectrum of five years, I will answer with the contortionist. Okay, that band has totally transformed my life in some ways, both musically and and on a personal level. Okay, cool. And that concludes the lightning round questions. You feel good about that? Oh yeah, I do actually. <clears throat> All right, so I guess we can jump right into the interview. Tell me, where are you from? Uh, I'm from Greenfield, Wisconsin. Okay, so right off the it's like southern edge of the freeway loop. Okay, uh, sure. Yeah, born and raised. Nice. All my life. And then how long have you been playing uh, music, like, before any, before joining any bands? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my first, I mean, my dad would always play, I was going to start from the, from the way beginning, when I was ever, all throughout, like, my young, young, young childhood life, my father would always play music in the living room, um, upbeat, like, really upbeat stuff uh, across an, an array of genres. 
and me and my siblings would just dance in in the <laughs> living room like like a bunch of like a bunch of children in right. a beautiful way. Okay. Um, and I think that having having been raised in a household where that was just so accepted as a norm, I think music was sort of thrust into my nervous system in a way, and is totally wonderful, and is I'm sure shaped shaped me in some in some like unconscious ways. Um, but I started taking piano lessons when I was in kindergarten. Okay. Um, took six years of those, and then got stubborn and kind of bored and fed up and wanted to play the drums. Okay. And so started taking drum lessons in sixth grade, um, stopped taking drum lessons towards the end of high school, uh, was in band, played percussion in band all throughout middle school. Okay. And all throughout high school. Um, yeah, not terribly, like, probably different than too many too many people's musical No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Piano lessons, drum lessons. Supportive parents who were willing to pay for those lessons, yeah. which definitely helped. Uh, yeah. Piano and drums are kind of my two instruments. Okay, sure. Yeah. Well. yeah. well, I know that for sure. I, I mean, people listening won't know, but um, you and I were, well, you you went to UW-Milwaukee. I did. And we were both, I've talked about this on the podcast a couple times. I was a music major at one point. You were a music major all throughout College, yeah, is that I right? Gradu- yep, I graduated with a BFA in music composition and technology. And what made you want to go down that route as far as your education was concerned? Uh, that is a terrific question with a- with also a bit of a story, probably worthy of sharing. Sure, um, yeah. When I was so when I was in my senior year of high school, mm-hmm. uh, I had two very brave and bold ideas. Uh, both of which I successfully brought to fruition and were really, really cornerstones in my um, just musical life. Um, so the first, the first one is not the answer to your question, but worthy, worthy of plugging it. That's yeah, all good. Going to yeah. chart the trajectory. Mm-hmm. Um, I arranged a 17-minute piece of music uh, for wind ensemble entirely by ear uh, and it was the music of a video game called MDK. Okay, like <laughs> okay really sure. Kind of obscure video game, but I grew up playing it as a kid All right. on uh, my parents' Mac, uh, the big like blueberry looking computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and <laughs> and <I> absolutely <coughs> fell in love with the video game. And then when I was a senior in high school, I was like. What if I took the soundtrack and arranged it to be played by the wind ensemble, okay. and then conducted it uh, and uh, like arranged it into a medley, uh, and also had gameplay playing on a screen <laughs> above us to the into, like so that the music from wherever portion of the video game we were playing the excerpt from yeah, yeah. the video from the exact portion of the video game would be playing with it, um, and I put. Uh, there's, it's the second mo- probably most uh, brave musical endeavor that I've had that I've undergone in my entire life. Okay. The first one being my senior composition project. Uh, oh jeez! That that one that MDK was a huge huge boost um, in like my arranging skill, skills and my ear training skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's worthy of mentioning because it's, it's a huge part of my musical staple in my musical path. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but the answer to your question of what made me get into, per, to pursue a music degree, um, obviously all of my previous music experience has me very sort of biased towards that art form. Yeah. Um, but 
But specifically, the other thing that I did in my senior year of high school was I arranged uh, Between the Baird and Me song for a percussion ensemble. Um, it was a track, Bloom, off of the Parallax 2. Okay. Uh, that short, short, shorter track. <laughs> well, not the shortest track on the record, but they're like <laughs> some really short two-minute tracks. Yeah. Um, but that shorter, like, three-minute track, arranged by ear for a percussion ensemble. We played it at State Solo Ensemble. Okay. Uh, they accepted some student submissions, um, <laughs> and we videotaped it. Um, our first performance of it, uh, not at state, but at like the re- the regionals, whatever those are called. Yeah, no, I guess you. Uh, recorded that, uh, posted it on YouTube, and someone, a close friend of the band, ended up seeing it and sent it to Tommy, Paul, and Blake, and Blake ended up. Posting the video on BT Bam's Facebook page. Wow! And I remember seeing that post on Facebook by Blake, and he quoted. He said, and I quote: "This is probably the greatest BT Bam cover that's ever been done." Damn! And here's dude. me, and here's me as a 19 year old kid, <laughs> like completely in love with Between the Bear to Me, and right? Seeing the drummer mm-hmm. post that, and I was in a Walgreens parking lot. <laughs> saw, it on my, saw it on my phone just and just better. bawled my freaking eyes out because wow. I was like, what am I doing with my life? At the time, um, I actually did a full year of civil engineering at UW-Milwaukee. Oh, okay. Um, I think I remember you telling me that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And after, it, it wasn't too far into that until I realized, okay, this is probably not for me. Uh, but <laughs> that... that uh, that Bloom video being shared was like that first kick in the pants when I realized, like, okay, there's something here longer term. Yeah. Um, uh, and that, in in accordance with all of my previous musical experiences, uh, were big driving factors. In okay. Choosing to choosing to do that as an educational. Path. Was UWM your first choice as far as? college goes it was actually yeah okay. i applied to marquette and uwm okay. i ended up going to uwm because i knew that they had a music program and marquette did not yeah mm-hmm. uh and this was this was when i was choosing and planning on doing civil <laughs> engineering civil engineering yeah um but i knew that uwm had the music program and so i also knew that if the engineering path didn't work out then i would then i would not have to transfer schools right. which ended up being exactly what happened uh, trusted my intuition on that one, uh, and that turned out to be for the best. Yeah, so so be- for that reason, UWM actually was my okay. number one choice. That's actually uh, sort of similar story for me because it, for me it was between UWM and uh, UWGB, Green Bay. Because my uh, band, yeah, yeah. my band director, uh, shout out to my high school band director, he graduated from there and got his music degree there and he's like oh you should go and apply there they have a great music program and then i went there to do a a tour there like around the campus and they had the tour set up in uh groups for students that were uh you know just touring the campus or whatever they had like you know a uh an edu- like a teaching group like a like a history group you know just like different sections of education or majors that you could get at uw UWGB and I I don't know if I was the only music major or the only one that wanted to be a music major there but I got put in the undecided group and so all I saw was the campus and nothing else 
So you didn't that see was any musicals. No, I didn't see the. I didn't see like the band room or any like. I didn't see if they had like a music building or anything like that. And I was just like, man. And this was and this was also after I had toured, you know, Peck, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Peck School of the Arts. But um, it, that was just disappointing. And I was just like, okay, I I better get into UWM because otherwise I don't know what I'm gonna do and i i got accepted to both but uwm sent their exception letter first nice so that's why i uh was there for um music for a little bit and then i switched over to english i talked about that on the podcast you don't have to know about that um so i guess jumping to um the bands that you've been in uh, you're currently in the gardener right now but you mentioned you were in a band in high school yeah, yeah so yeah. how did well, all yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah i was gonna say how did all of that come about and were you in a lot of bands before the gardener as well no actually i've only i've only actually been in two bands in my whole life okay uh, the first one being shielded by shadows who we were like progressive metalcore <laughs> with the first word progressive kind of only being existent like towards the end we we released uh we released our full length record when we were actually 16 years old oh wow which okay. i'm still pretty damn i don't use this word too often but actually pretty proud of okay for a bunch of like 15 and 16 year old kids writing and recording a full length record right there's actually some pretty substantial music on there when you when you take that with the great assault that it is. Uh, there there are some tracks uh, that are definitely awful, but there, there are also some tracks that are like, holy crap, this is this is kind of a banger, which is really cool. Um, yeah, we put out uh, that full length record and then we released a single um, titled Levitation. Okay, uh, and that was kind of, that was the that was all of the music that we had ever written and released. Uh, we we ended up parting ways in my freshman year of college. Okay. Um, just people were doing a bunch of different things, um, and it was just the right the right move to kind of just yeah. call it. Um, so Shielded by Shadows was my first group, and yeah, currently in the band called The Gardener. I guess we're technically on a hiatus, right? Um, which is worthy of sharing because uh, it's only myself and uh, the guitarist. Sure. His name is Ben Benjamin Fermanic. Uh, he recently moved at the beginning of August. He moved to London, Ontario, Canada, uh, <laughs> oh, to to pursue a PhD in philosophy. Okay, uh, he's one of my best friends and one of the smartest guys I know. So he's doing he's doing his thing. Uh, we're definitely not broken up, right? That we, no, yeah, that's we we yeah. may never actually be broken up. Something terrible, something would have to probably go terribly wrong, right. for us to say no, we're done, we're done. Um, yeah. But we're definitely in no rush to to like put out a new release or write any write any new music well i was gonna say jumping back to jumping back a little bit how did the gardener get started between you and ben yeah it's a great question um uh let's see it was about three and a half years ago um ben and i we just we just got together to to jam uh kind of as like that's a common common step i think in band forming is let's just get together and mess around and see what happens um uh, but we got together, and over the course, it was during our winter break. We were both in our undergrads at UWM. I'm pretty sure. Okay, so he was a student there as well. Yes, he okay. was. Um, and we got together, and over the course of about three days in our winter break, we ended up writing the skeletal outlines for two of our songs, "Spaghettification" and "You Could Almost Hear It Breathing." Okay. Uh, and it was like, holy crap. We got a lot done in a short amount of time, <laughs> and like we were super like 
very from day from that from that first first handful of jam sessions I say with air quotes they 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 turned way more into like compositional sessions actually because right like, yeah. here's these ideas and we're like okay let's let's pay very great attention to how we structure this stuff mm. uh, and I think the saving grace in those uh, first few were those first few jam sessions were um, having a gigantic whiteboard. Uh, and we used we used a gigantic whiteboard and dry erase markers to plot out the ordering of the riffs and the number of times that we would you know repeat this, come back to this. It's actually very um, smart. So from day one, we really kind of took a, a a serious compositional approach, right. um, as opposed to just like oh we're gonna jam and just go from here to there, kind of all loosely. We were we were like no, what's the best possible fit? For all of, for all of these pieces of music, sure, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, how did you get in touch with uh, Derek at six oh eight? Because if I'm not mistaken, yeah. the EP you have out now is called Differences in Distances. Yeah, and those two songs that you mentioned, and two other ones, were recorded at six oh eight. Um, correct. Yeah. So okay. we did. It was in the fall of 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did a live session, right? At yeah, Pure Vault, mm-hmm. which is. Uh, Derek's name for uh, whenever he does those live. Uh, yeah, because yeah, he's done them before. And yeah. It's technically at Six Hundred Eight Studios, sure. but they're under the under the term of Pure Vault. So we did two of those live sessions, which were those two tracks that we'd written, right. kind of started writing in those first like just few days that we we got together to jam mm-hmm. um, and released those with the with the full video accompaniment on on YouTube. Oh, I've seen them. Uh, yeah, that was super fucking impressive. Super yeah. fun too, man. Oh, my oh I bet. Oh, I bet. I could tell you guys were having the time of your life. So cool, and yeah. at the time we we had a we actually had our a, we had a third member, a bassist. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name was John Wiener. Uh, he played bass in Ben Fermanic's old band, uh, Red and the Wolf. Okay, um, who are a local band. Haven't checked them out. Definitely look up Red and the Wolf. They put out one full length record, completely based. Of, it's a it's a concept record actually, and okay. every single track is based around a different grim fairy tale. And it's it lyrically tells that story in a different in a very different creative way. Okay. Um, I won't I won't just like they've been broken up for years now. But <laughs> if you haven't heard Red and the Wolf, it's okay. super awesome. Sure. Uh, and we had we had John Wiener playing bass at the time. Um, he ended up leaving about a year and a half ago. Um, uh, but so it's been just Ben and I ever since. Uh, and we recorded differences and distances in our during our spring break of this year. Okay. Um, and we were able to release it uh, in June of this year as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, all through Derek. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm remembering your question. I feel like yeah. I'm talking. That's all good. No, you're good, man. Talking, uh, getting, getting off topic. Um, <laughs> Derek, I've known Derek for an extremely long time just because of the metal scene. Right. Uh, the mm-hmm. local Milwaukee metal scene. Yep. Uh, he played bass in Wolves for a time and was, was kind of always, always around. Um, at least from from the point where Shielded Shielded by Shadows started getting involved, okay, uh, and even a little bit before then. Um, so I've I've known Derek for probably a little a little under a decade, but also okay. know he just has so so much recording experience. Oh yeah, absolutely. So he's probably the most utilized uh, producer for local metal music. Mm-hmm. In, I would arguably say in the scene. Yeah, um, no, and, I agree with you on that. And and for that reason, we're like this guy has the talent. Uh, to to bring our music to life in the way that we we would 
see being best. Yeah. Um, and we were like, we honestly didn't know who else we would go to anyways. Right. And and we, I don't think Ben and I would ever want to record with anyone else. He, sure. He's extremely talented at what he does. Oh, and absolutely. Kind of turned into a third member of the Gardener when recording our music. <laughs> okay. It's a sure. beautiful, beautiful thing because for me, uh, the musical compositional process is always best when it's collaborative. Well, that was going to be my next question yeah. is what was it like recording at 608 and how difficult was it? Because your guys' songs are very compositional and are, you know, pieces of work could be argued, you know, pieces of music, you know, not just songs. Yeah, so, yeah, I would, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, the recording process was... A little tough, actually, because we were we were on a budget, obviously, right. um, and we were also on a time constraint. Um, we um, let's see. So we had six days in the studio. Um, the majority of them were like nine to ten hour days, oh, um, and so it was like, okay, we have all of these different instruments we need to record. Uh, we know every single every single in, every single voice every mm-hmm. single piece that, of the puzzle that's necessary um, and sort of budgeted our time accordingly we were able to get the drums done in one day which was a big help uh, guitar and bass took a bit of time and we got a little scared towards the end uh, <laughs> but after that was finished then it was just acoustic guitars and like auxiliary percussion sure. stuff um, but we were able to do it like kind of in the in the nick of time, if you will. Yeah. Like we 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 could not have done it in five days, and seven days would have pushed us too far past our budget. And also, spring break was only so long. So, yeah, no, so that's true. We had to squeeze it in in there. Yeah. Um, so it was the recording process was actually a little tough and a little stressful, um, but oh my gosh, it was one of the best weeks and best experiences of. The year without it, without a doubt. That's cool. Um, so rewarding, so fun, uh, <laughs> and that little fire that was kind of that little, uh, like that pressure to get it done in that in the limited amount of time that we did. It lit yeah. a fire under our butts and yeah. it made us like, okay, we got to be on top of all of our stuff. Right. Yeah. Uh, but we did it. We did it. Yeah. <laughs> so, hmm, I'm trying to try to get back on topic. We've been going all over the place, man. It's been ridiculous. Um, <laughs> but I guess I kind of jumping back to um the music education side of things mm-hmm. um and you you know and you've just mentioned that about Derek being a huge part of this scene and how long have you, I guess you've been a part of the local uh, you you mentioned the metal scene I I just general I, on here it's more than just metal music for me I just generalize it as to one Wisconsin like local scene how I guess you've been involved with it for a while I I like to start I'd like this to jump into this section about just like talking about like giving thoughts about the music scene we have down here in, you know, Wisconsin, Milwaukee, the Midwest or whatever, and we just spitballed from there. So I guess I'd like to open up the section with, tell me your thoughts about it. If you Uh, can. On Wisconsin or Milwaukee's local music scene? Yeah, if you can. Um, It's incredible. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not, I'm not nearly as engaged with it as I used to be, which Mm -hmm. is a bit of a shame, but like pretty much anywhere you look, there's some incredible stuff going on, whether it's, here on the east side or mm-hmm. over in River West or down in Bayview, like truly anywhere, there are local artists busting their asses, putting out pretty incredible music. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I had a little bit more to speak to, uh, but as of, as of recently, I've sort of been taking a few steps 
Actually, I've been taking a few steps back from music in, like, in general and focusing a little bit more of my time and energy on doing improvisational theater. Sure, yeah. Um, and so as a result, I don't have too much, like, local experience That's all right. um, to, to talk about. But if anyone ever tells you that the local scene sucks... Um, they're wearing a blindfold or stupid. Oh yeah, they're absolutely wrong. <laughs> yeah. And I think the and the reason why um, people might say that is because and I've I I've touched on this you know throughout this time the series has been around, but the fact that you know the the most of the local shows we have down here are either at houses or at bars, and those are like the only two places that you can go to. And the only and the sucky thing about shows being at bars is you have to be twenty one plus. In order to get true. even, you know, see the show, mm-hmm. so there is a bit of a. I mean, if you're hearing this and you disagree, definitely tell me tell me where I'm wrong. But I do feel like there's a little bit of a venue shortage. There is in terms of like a really awesome place that like is consistently kind of there for local music. Yeah, with with like a decent enough sound system and a you know. Like just an, an all-around good enough. Oh yeah, that, event, good enough venue. Yeah, for, that's, for it's music. it's been touched on here so many times. It's yeah, ridiculous. yeah, yeah. Like the Miramar used to really be popping, but then they to- they the Miramar under began to understand that they live that they they are stationed so close to UWM and are like oh. EDM is a thing, yep. and so that, that that's really <laughs> overtaken them. And oh, I God. know that there's been a handful of metal shows where. A uh, very small quantity of assholes end up ruining it for everybody. Yeah. Um, and so the Miramar sort of took a, a big step back from metal yeah. shows for a period of time, which mm-hmm. is unfortunate because I absolutely love that venue. Yeah, it's um, a great venue. But yeah, there's a bit of a venue shortage, but absolutely no shortage of talent. That's for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I guess one of the things that I wanted to bring back, I guess going to the music education thing, how like I, I have labeled here the importance of music education. Do you think that? Um, I mean, obviously, I I obviously think that you know learning an instrument or just learning music in general is important. But how important do you think it is as far as like being a musician goes? Because you know you just mentioned earlier like you wrote pieces of music by ear. So could you, uh, sub-question off of that, could you read, were you able to read music at all throughout your life? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I guess I guess having piano lessons helps exactly. with reading music, yeah. Yep, yep, so. yeah, yeah, so that would be my answer to that. Okay. Um, since, because of taking piano lessons since kindergarten, um, yeah, actually reading notated, notated music has been a, okay. um, a part of my musical education mm-hmm. and upbringing kind of kind of from from the get-go yeah yeah um were there any points throughout your time at uwm as a music major where it became like difficult at all because and not to kiss your ass or anything but when i was a music major like you were probably my favorite like colleague there <laughs> because of how goddamn talented you are and how insane your fucking ideas were because i the last like the last thing I remember you doing was piano music to an animated short. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which was like, the, which was yeah. like the greatest fucking thing I ever saw in it my was like entire one of the life. Most adorable things, and honestly, I know <laughs> one of the most successful like film collaborations yeah. that I've ever 
ever been a part of. It was that it was like two and a half minutes, but it was super successful. I thought compositionally. Oh, absolutely. And, and it was con- just on a conceptual level, v- perfectly vague. Like the concept of a young boy, kind of an outcast, who builds a rocket and leaves his home to go on his own yeah. his own journey. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually really applicable in in my life at like the exact time that okay. that, that, that came to fruition. Uh, my sister had been living in Chicago for five years uh, or so. Uh, she was moving to Portland, Oregon, where she currently lives. Okay, um, and it's like within the same month where that came to uh, that this compositional film project came to fruition, that she packed up, uh, loaded up all of her stuff in a trailer. And drove across country to Portland, Oregon. Nice. And so that trailer, that car, that vehicle full of her stuff was like her rocket. Right. Yeah. And she was going on this journey to leave. Okay. Um, no, that 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 project was great. Yeah. That was that was awesome. I can't, I'm forgetting your question. So the question was like, no, it's all right. But my, my question was because I've I've talked about this on uh, my. My engineer, Graham, he um, has his own podcast called The Graham Zima Show. Shameless plug. Um, But he, when I first came on, I've been on there twice now. The first time I came on, I talked about, you know, my time as a music major. And I don't know if I've told you this, but I was, I started as a percussion performance major. That lasted about four weeks and then trans and then transitioned into uh, composition. And I guess, you know, I was having, I, and I switched, you know, to be an English major because it just got too, I guess, time-consuming for me and also a little bit challenging because I was never in, in like, the world of, like, oh, I... Not not as... Not to say that, like, I was in crazy involved in it as you were, but just even in general, just, like, being on the right track to being a music major of just, like, oh, I'm going to study this craft more and, and I, like, I want to gain knowledge. I did gain knowledge, you know, as, you know, and as a composition major and that goes and that that I give all of that credit to you know the faculty that I have yeah, you yeah. know um but I guess as far as as your experiences go were there times where you were just like I don't know if I can do this yes yes the the short answer is absolutely okay um I was specifically during those times when I was doing a double major. Mm-hmm. So for a, for a period of about two, two and a half years, I was technically double majoring in music composition and technology as well as mathematics. Um, and as comedy sports began to be a really big part of my life, uh, I just began to realize that like there are only so many hours in the day and that something has to give mm-hmm. if I, if I want to have a, a healthy balance in yeah. my life. Uh, and it was a it was a tough call to make, um, but so I ended up dropping the music major, ended up and settled on a uh, or sorry the mathematics major, uh, and settled on a mathematics minor. Um, but yeah, during some of those during some of those times uh, when like projects would all be due at the same. Like oh, right yeah. the same oh, time. Oh, absolutely. Tests all of like the same time. You swear that the professors are plotting <laughs> against you. Like, how can this? Uh, what? This is not a coincidence. This is an evil. This is a, this is an evil plot against mm. me. Um, no, there were definitely some times when uh, when it was too much. But 
got through it and you feel like you're drowning and barely yeah. getting air you know you get a little bit of air and then your head goes back underneath yeah. the waves and you're like oh my gosh how am i gonna how am i gonna survive uh well how did you survive that's a good question um <laughs> hanging out m- making just making a point of taking time out for myself right uh, kind of having my me me time in whatever mm-hmm. format that would be whether that's just me you know, watching television for a little bit, listening to music uh, by myself, playing some video games, or just hanging out with some close friends, yeah. um, having some drinks. Like, yeah, just just making sure that you're always taking some time out for self care. Um, Would yeah. that get difficult when the gardener started becoming more of a thing? Because that's you know that's a musical outfit. And you're in a, yeah. A music uh, that's a, that's a good question, yeah. but it's a, actually no. The gardener, the gardener would actually kind of function as that rejuvenating me time, um, even though it was it took some work. I mean, we never, we were never because we were we spent so much time just writing this this first EP of ours. Mm-hmm. Um, we never really felt it as a pressure. Uh, we never really felt like we had excuse me we have to do this um and it's like another another duty that obligation that we would have in, yeah. in the week um it was approached much more from a standpoint of let's let go let's create um and at least for me and i th- i think ben ben would agree that uh the gardener was much more a rejuvenating process than it was like, okay. a time consuming stressful one. Sure. For yeah. sure. Okay. I think that's part of the reason why why it came why it came to fruition so successfully. Um, that we we, we we treated it um, with the fun creative energy and never viewed it as an obligation. Okay. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess that kinda is all the important stuff that I have. Uh, I guess two more questions and thank you so much for your time. Yeah. Um, I know that you guys said you're not in a rush to make new music, especially with the EP being out for like a couple months. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to point bring up is the Kickstarter you have for a vinyl release. Yeah. How has that been going? Um, we if did you, it. You did it. We raised the money. <laughs> yeah. Nice man. It was excellent. It was tough. It always feels weird, like spamming people's inboxes and like <laughs> spamming people's news feeds with with like just this blanket like trajectory of hey give us money okay that always that feels super weird i could never work in a job i can i'd be so bad <laughs> at fundraising yeah I'd be like, i'm just asking for your money that you yeah. worked for and i'm like oh no but when you do a kickstarter it's all or nothing so yeah we, we either met our goal or we didn't and i was like well failure would suck so we're gonna spam the hell out of people's right yeah for like two two weeks and then move on with our lives and uh, and no but we did it we raised the money Excellent. um we we're just about to place the vinyl order we just need to kind of finalize the art okay uh, we sure. have the, the 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 vinyl masters for au- the audio masters for vinyl uh are successfully submitted Sorry. we really just need to submit the artwork and uh write the check and then yeah. <laughs> and then we'll wait like three and a half months and 250 records should show up on our doorstep. Okay, sure. Yeah. So I yeah. guess if you were to give a release for, like, a release date for that, it would be next year? Uh, yeah, it would be early next year. Early next Probably, year. I would estimate late January or early February. Oh, perfect. Just because vinyl turnarounds take a while. Take a while. Especially the... 
the less quantities that you get, um, the lower priority it ends up becoming. Ends up being, yeah. Because there are some Beatles re-releases that need to be pressed by the hundreds <laughs> of thousands and pressing companies. For, uh, for the hundredth time. Um, <laughs> Uh, definitely not a bash against the Beatles. They I know. are very popular, and it's just what, we're, what I'm discussing is just a result of how successful and great they are. No, that's fair. Uh, yeah. No, but pressing pressing plants prioritize those sorts of things. So the turnaround for local local groups are a little long, but I think they're not they're they're not too bad uh, as of recently. Okay, so, sure. Yeah, should be should be early early February. Uh, late January. Okay. And then the the final question that I have, and I, I asked you this before him, but you didn't have to get the answer, but now you do. Uh, I like to feature a track by any artist or band that I interview. Is there anything off the EP that you want to be featured? Yeah. Um, let's... We'll, we'll play the, the demographic of, uh, of this podcast. We've been talking a lot about heavier heavier music and metal and stuff, so... Uh, the track you can almost hear it breathing. I like that one a lot. Uh, by the Gardener. Yeah, that one is our most, probably most, most aggressive track. Okay, sure. Yeah. All right, I guess I will make the note of that. And all right, we will play that at the end of the episode. Kyle, thank you awesome. so much for the time. This was really a lot of fun, and I, yeah. I, I know I have I have fun every episode that I do this, but this was a lot of fun. Hey, thanks and for having I, me, man. This was great. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, I hope that The Gardener uh, comes back soon, and yeah, I, once that vinyl releases up, man, I will definitely try to snag a copy before yeah, it goes yeah. away. We'll, we'll spam people's news feeds, uh, not inboxes, but news feeds. News feeds. <laughs> uh, once, once the records are available for purchase, because... Yeah. Uh, it's really, really cool. Just to clarify, like we did this Kickstarter that we did, we teamed up with the Urban Ecology Center. Um, oh, nice! And fifty percent of the additional proceeds are just going to be donated. Uh, we, haven't, we haven't written them a check yet. We absolutely will. Um, but because of the the vinyl pressing process, they have a plus minus ten percent quantity. Sure. Um, things uh, they don't just like count. It's 250 records. Turn off the machines. Uh, so they, they end up pressing somewhere between 225 to 275. Okay. Uh, and we pay per quantity. So we're going to wait until those uh, get pressed successfully, and then all of the remaining money just gets donated to the Urban Ecology Center. Beautiful. Uh, yeah, but once once they're, once records are in our hands and ready to be shipped, uh, the, the world will know. <laughs> yeah, excellent. Uh, yeah, I am very much looking forward to that, and yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, man, absolutely. So there you have it, everybody. Many thanks again to Kyle of The Gardener for being on the show. Uh, man, this was easily one of the best episodes I've ever done, and I I have fun doing every episode, but man, this one was so good. Um, I have nothing but love and respect for Kyle and everything that he does. Um, if you want to hear The Gardener, the EP is called Differences and Distances. It is up on Bandcamp, Spotify, uh, iTunes, the whole shebang. I believe on Bandcamp you can listen to audio recordings of those live sessions that they did with Derek at 608, which those are super impressive. And the video versions of those are up on YouTube as well. Those are uh, phenomenal. Um, and the vinyl order of or the vinyl pressing of the EP, uh, like Kyle said, expect that in February. So that is going to be super sick. Um, and to close out the episode, we are going to play You Could Almost Hear It Breathing off the EP Differences and Distances. I am Eddie Herster, and I will see you guys next time.
Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.